How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Epicenter. We are back here yet again on YouTube. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, last week's show. I hope you guys have been having a great week. Um, I wanted to thank my guest from last week's show, Nerve, um, which was uh, my good friend Scott's band. Um, and uh, we just had a wonderful conversation talking about their success, their inspirations, and everything. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to some of their music they're going to be putting out soon. I know they got a lot of plans to put out some music soon, and I'm looking forward to hearing that. Um, and then uh, I want to let you guys know there is a chance that we may be taking a week off next week. Um, I am uh, starting a new job, so I kind of am going to be transitioning into that. Um, however, there is a chance that I may be having uh, potentially one of the uh, coaches uh, for Lincoln on. Um, I'm going to do my best in this week to try to talk to uh, a couple different coaches and try to have them on next week's show and kind of talk to them about how their transition period has been because Lincoln, uh, both schools, have new football coaches and obviously new coaches in general for a lot of their programs. So, and I'm going to kind of probably try to uh, have a podcast that's kind of kind of match my reporting that I'm doing with my new job as well. So uh, be tuned for that. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, I will be posting any updates uh, for the show this week on my social media, whether we're taking a week off or whether we are going to have one of those people on this week or uh, next week's show. Um, with that being said, I wanted to welcome my guest for this week. Um, he is uh, the creator of the AWE Movies, um, a winning experience movies uh, YouTube channel um, who has, that has 170 uh, subscribers. Um, he's been posting short films now for, I believe, on the channel for five years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it is uh, Alex Winters. How are you doing good, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing great. I'm, I'm glad to uh, have you on. I know that, um, you know, we reached out pretty early, right, you know, before I was kind of like starting all of this. And, uh, and, and you know, you mentioned to me that you were doing movies. And I, I know because I, you know, obviously I follow you on social media and stuff. I knew that you were doing that. But I never really got a, a great chance to kind of, you know, closely look at, you know, all of your work. And I, I could definitely, you know, tell obviously over time, you know, you, you've definitely incorporated a lot more stuff when it comes to editing. And, and I'm just really looking forward to talking to you about all of that and stuff. So let's go ahead and just jump right in into it. Um, what was it that uh, initially inspired you to get into making movies? And at what age did you start making or producing your own content? So, okay, it was seventh grade um, history class. My teacher, um, she she said, we have to do this project. And I think well, we had to talk about a specific person. And our my little group, our person was um, Leonardo da Vinci. And uh, my buddy Landon, he uh, he said, let's. He knew a lot about iMovie. He's like, let's just make a fun video. Um, and so we did that. I dressed up in I think his mom's robe, and I had this gray wig on. I was Leonardo da Vinci, and like time travel was involved. It was really weird. It was. Re I just remember having a lot of fun with it. And then ever since that day, and I was like twelve when I did this. Ever since doing that project. I haven't stopped making movies, thinking about movies, writing stories. It's really that that project there that really got me into this. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. when uh, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I have a YouTube channel as well. I've not posted nearly as much stuff on my other YouTube channel um, in like the last couple of years, um, but it was. I was in the video production class at Lincoln High School, and I, I kind of enjoyed doing like some of the editing and doing a lot of the work. So I kind of tried making my own stuff. I did like vlogs for a while, but I never really made any movies until actually at Sierra. Um, there was a course I took that was advanced video production that I had to take to get my like uh, I think full units or everything out of that. Um, and uh, and you know I kind of then experimented with some other people in making that, and it does get fun. I mean, it can obviously be a very challenging process, and I'm sure we'll you know we'll be yeah. getting into that. But uh, but that's yeah. awesome. You 
you really started from a young age then 12 um what was like the what were the first movies um that you kind of saw that kind of influenced you uh, movie wise to kind of start making stuff was there any movies in general that you kind of looked at is like um, a way to kind of model your kind of work off of so the big one would be super eight it's a jj abrams film i believe he directed it and then it was produced by steven spielberg and the combination of just a I thought it was a pretty emotional film combined with alien sci-fi and beautiful lens flares. I thought that style, um, I was like, I want to do that. Um, so yeah, I would say that's kind of the movie that really kicked things off for me. And then honestly, I've been kind of growing more into Christopher Nolan, David Fincher, um, Denis Villeneuve, um, all, all those guys, they get into some sci-fi. We're like really high concept type of films. Yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of Christopher Nolan's work too. Mm -hmm. I, I have some of yeah. his favorite films of mine as well. Um, and sp speaking of films in general, you not only create films on your channel, you also occasionally review others on your channel. If you had to yeah. name uh, three or four of the most important elements when it comes to a movie, whether you're reviewing it or making it, what would they be and why? Honestly, I like to see character arcs. I'd say that's one. I want to see a character grow. Um, I really like to look at kind of how the story all ties together at the end. I really don't like scenes where they're kind of almost feel, I feel like it's wasting time sometimes when they throw uh, certain scenes in that aren't really needed. They don't really progress the story. And third, it has to go to cinematography. I feel like the visual is such a, I don't know, such a big part of the movie. But then, but then I, I hope it's okay. The fourth one would be sound, because mm -hmm. sound really sells what you're seeing. So if if it's okay, I would say those four. Yeah, no, I and I agree, especially, I mean, sound, sound is such a big thing, uh, especially when it comes to stuff like horror movies, because for me personally, yeah. I love watching like horror movies. I used to not like it, but I've grown into kind of watching a lot of those and liking it. And yeah. to me, like, um, it, first off, it really builds up like the anticipation of what's going to happen. But second off, um, to me, whenever there's like a jump scare, jump scares don't get me. It's the sound that goes along with the jump scare. Exactly. It's a, I can yeah. watch a horror movie on mute and not be scared. It's when you start yeah. hearing things, then it becomes really freaky. Yeah. Um, another another um, director I like to mention is Michael Bay because his okay. film, you know, he did Transformers. He did 13 Hours. He did um, Six Underground listen to that sound and it just really hits you when you're watching the movie. Another director that I would say that you really kind of get the sense of like how creepy or how just like Kirk weird the movie's going to be is M night Shyamalan. I don't know if you sure, watch a lot, yes. of, that. Oh, yeah. really a lot of that. I, I have, I obviously, um, I really want to go watch old, the new movie that's coming out that he's mm -hmm. making. Yeah. Good and just from the trailer alone, some some of the cuts from the camera and along with like the sound that they have really give you the sense that oh okay this is going to be something different you know for sure yeah. yes I'm really yeah. looking forward to that movie too yeah um so getting into some of your work um you won a jurors award for uh, the Sierra College Student Art Exhibition for Fault um, which actually uh, starred one of our well I should say former coworkers now but one of our coworkers. Yeah. Uh, you've also won an award for Repo Man. Are there any other films that you've made that have won awards? If so, what awards and which films? Um, 
so I have I have awards from like high school. Um, I have quite a few like special effects awards, uh, editing awards, and uh, I, I think I have like one or two acting awards. Um, I'll say, unfortunately, most of my films it's me starring in them, um, only because um, I, I, I'm saying this lightly that um, I think I have the most acting experience when it comes to making a movie. Um, so it just kind of, I don't know, that's kind of my workflow right now. I have limited resources. So, so yeah, I, I have an actor's award. Um, so yeah, but um, I only seem to share official, like out of school film festivals, mm -hmm. uh, out of high school uh, film festivals where I've won a, an award. I feel like there's more, I guess, uh, more of an impact. Like I'm at a college level or I, I'm, you know, I'm at, uh, you know, a state level with, with certain films. Um, I wanted to ask you when it came to Repo Man, like, and, and this goes like with a lot of your work in general, but um, I, I, what kind of motivates you to kind of come up with the ideas? Because it was a really interesting twist when it came to that one specifically, because you just have a guy who's simply doing his job and yeah. then he gets pulled over and then you realize, oh shit, there's a girl in the back of the car here. And yeah. then the cop goes over and you don't know that they think it's you. And obviously it's the other person who had the car. What kind of motivates yeah. you to come up with these kind of twists and like just these ideas for movies in general? So... I saw something, I watched something with Quentin Tarantino where he said he just pulls from all sources. And, and so I kind of treat my movies the same way. So Repo Man is, is based on several other films, uh, specifically the movie Drive starring Ryan Gosling. Okay. Um, and then speaking of M. Night Shyamalan, he's the one that really got me into plot twists. And I just wanted to kind of throw the audience off by um, – you know, that, that woman in the back of the trunk, that was the package. And you wouldn't necessarily think of calling a person a package. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of my motivation or my inspiration for making this type of movie. Um, I was, again, I was very limited on resources and I just wanted to make a compelling, uh, simple movie uh, for, for high school. I made that my junior year of high school. Um. Going back to obviously winning the awards, um, how did it feel? Just like, what was your initial reaction knowing you were getting acknowledged for the work that you put in? What was your initial reaction when you realized, oh shoot, I actually, you know, I'm winning an award for like one of the movies I put on my YouTube? What was just? What was you, explain to me kind of your feeling when you got that accomplishment. It was it was nice. It was very rewarding. Um, I feel like this is, I don't know this this is kind of weird to say I guess, but I just like making movies. Mm -hmm. um, most of my movies on YouTube, they don't have awards on them. But I'll tell you, every time I export and upload to YouTube, I am so excited. Um, that's enough for me. Um, having people recognize it, that's nice. Um, but I got to tell you, like, one of my favorite things recently was with Spider-Man 2099 and the multiverse. I had a Spider-Man fan reach out to me asking for that movie to be made. And that was the best feeling. That was better than receiving a, uh, an award. So I really got to say, like, the fans and then just my own love for movies, that's my motivation. We'll, we'll get into Spider-Man in a second, too. Before mm -hmm. we get there, would you say that he's your favorite superhero out of, like, any of the superheroes out there? Or? I'd say Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, okay. Spider-Man, Batman, Deadpool. Okay. Uh, favorite yeah. villain? 
Joker. Hey, I got the shirt on. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I went to Six Flags on Thursday. I had to get it. It was great. Um, cool. Waited two hours in line for the ride. I figured I might as well get something out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, two hours. Uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you in relation to, to your work. Um, so I, in multiple of your comment sections, I've seen people that have said you should send this stuff out to film festivals. Have you sent any of your work to film festivals? Have you gotten into any? How, how's that kind of worked out? I, I have. Yeah. Most of the stuff, maybe half of the stuff you see on YouTube goes to film festivals. Um, cause you know, it, it costs money to send these, these films to film festivals. So, um, so I'm pretty picky about what goes where and how much I spend on it. Cause you know, I'm, I'm still just a college student. Right. Um, and, uh, I have, let's see, I've been a finalist in one film festival and then I made it into another one where it got viewed by people, but it wasn't like a finalist. Right. Um, and a, bu a bunch of them were rejections. Gotcha. Um, so, but that's okay. I mean, that's kind of, that's right. kind of the game. It's, it's fun to do, honestly. Um, before I get into the Sp Spider-Man thing, I, a little bit about that, but in relation to everything in general when it comes to your work, um, you obviously made your own suit. You had like your own suit for that. Um, you yeah. also, yeah. Um, you, I know that you have some props when it comes to a lot of your other movies as well. Um, how much would you say like on your average film that you're making, a short film, 10 minutes longer, how much would you say money-wise you're putting into props or you're putting into costumes and stuff? And I know you have other people that are with you and stuff. They may help yeah. you out, but how much would you say that you're kind of putting into your, like all that stuff? I will say about a hundred bucks. Okay. With everything. Um, and that includes like other little things. Like I'll try and buy like a pizza, a couple pizzas for, for the cast and crew, the people yeah. who are just volunteering uh, and, and give me their time to help me. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll say about a hundred bucks every film, but most of the time I'm reusing just a bunch of old stuff, you know? I mean, a lot of the, like 009, that trilogy, I use the same gun every movie. Everyone had the same, like my brother has a bunch of airsoft guns. I went to Goodwill and bought these cheap Nerf guns, spray painted them black. I mean, I am incredibly cheap because I have to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... That's great for, for yeah. that amount of money. You know, that's that's really that that's impressive what you're able to actually it's get out. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it, obviously, you know, makes it look better when it comes to the editing process and what you're able to do with that yeah. and stuff. Like, uh, I want to say it was in uh, the the Extinction 009 film when you throw like that makeshift grenade and the way you yes. made that blow up. That's a really good yeah. edit. I, I thought that was really great. That, um, that is actually a football, a little football from the Dollar Tree. <laughs> hey, that's great. You know, whatever you can make. <laughs> so, that was yeah. one of the hardest things for me when I was in the video production class. I'm trying to think, oh my God, what props am I going to freaking use for some of this yeah. stuff? And, you know, yeah. it's really great to, you know, be able to have that creative mindset to be able to make something out of that and then just edit it yeah. and make it look, you know, real. Um, yeah. So getting into the Spider-Man stuff. So you've made a Spider-Man movie and you have your own 009 series in relation to James Bond. How difficult was it to put your own spin on those movies, but also kind of make it your own thing? Um, I don't know. Um, I didn't think it was too hard, um, you know. With uh, James Bond, uh, the the author, the original author of James Bond was Ian Fleming, and uh, you know he he just happened to have another double O character uh, mm -hmm. named Peter Smith, and I just took that. There was literally no information on him, and so I just kind of ran with my own uh, ideas of kind of what my 
assassin, almost psychopath uh, type of character would be. Uh, now with Spider-Man 2099, I was I I have the comics. I have the comics. I have a bunch of them. I did my research, and that was much more restrictive. But I just enjoyed doing it and playing around in a Spider-Man type of universe. Um, so I'd say like one was easier than the other, but I, I had a ton of fun doing it, just writing these stories. I, I got I got to ask you before I get into other questions related to this because I saw your Spider-Man review. You you say Tom Holland is your favorite Spider-Man over Tobey Maguire. Now I you also mentioned in that review that um if it, what Spider-Man three kind of soured that kind of trilogy a little bit. Let me ask you this. If it wasn't for Spider-Man 3, are you still putting Tom Holland above Tobey Maguire? You think you're going to no. put Tobey Maguire? No. Okay, okay gotcha. No. Uh, Spider-Man 2, the one with Tobey Maguire and then uh, Doc Ock, mm -hmm. that, I have to say, that is the best Spider-Man film. Because that is the I perfect agree. blend of Spider-Man and then Peter Parker. Yep. Because so. I completely agree, agree with that. I had to ask you because I was like, it, it, we're in an agreement because I was going to say if uh, Spider-Man three, yeah, I agree that soured the yeah. series and that yeah. probably put Tom Holland above. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I, I got to go Tobey Maguire. The, the first two Spider-Mans were so great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, get, getting back to the, uh, your your series, uh, the 009 Extinction is your longest short film. How long did that take to complete that project, and roughly how many people were involved with that? You know, okay, that third film. That probably took, I mean, I started writing that probably beginning of my senior year in high school. So from pre-production to post-production, getting it up on YouTube, um, probably a year, year, year and a half, I think. Um, and then I think we had probably almost 20 people working on, on that film. That awesome. that is the biggest biggest project I've worked on uh, to date, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm I'm very proud of that film. It's not perfect. Looking back on it, I, I still have my beef with it, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I was able to make a film like get past that 30 minute mark. You know. Um. So you and to be fair, I, you may have tried this one or two other times. Out of what I saw, though, the haunting tomorrow is really your first like big attempt at actually doing something horror related or something kind of like scary related in that sense. Yeah. How yeah. difficult kind of was it for you to kind of go to a different genre and kind of try that out? And overall, because I, I know that you, when we were talking, you said you that's one of your favorite movies. Overall, like how how hard was it for you to kind of. How hard was it for you to kind of really do well in that genre and kind of make that work? Um, I think the, the most challenging part was getting the right story. And that, yeah, that was probably the hardest part. And um, so, yeah, other than that, transitioning to horror wasn't too bad for me. I mean, like that was definitely a time period where I would just watch horror movies and I would just analyze and see what everyone else was doing and try and replicate it here and there. Um, and my, my biggest, um, I guess, movie that influenced me to do this was the movie Hereditary. And the reason I love that movie so much, and I use that as a rubric for future horror movies, is because Hereditary, take away all the horror, horror aspects of the film, the film is about a family uh, struggling with uh, another family member's death. That's kind of the core. And it has all these like freaky elements on top of it. So 
I took that same type of, um, I don't know, I, again, rubric to The Haunting Tomorrow, and I said, okay, here's our core issue. It's about a kid going to the divorce court, choosing his parent and which one he's going to live with. And then, you know, it's kind of the, the horror element is just kind of like these nightmares that he's having. So when you have an emotional core uh, problem like that, it hits harder than just uh, a scary movie like Chucky or, or Saw, I guess, you know? Um, on that same wa same wavelength, which movie genre do you find easiest to kind of get ideas off of to film, and which one do you kind of find as the hardest to kind of get off ideas off of? So as far as ideas go, I would have to give it to action. Uh, like you can blow stuff up and shoot your way out of everything. Um, that one, what's fun about action is you could be uh, really shallow with the kind of story you're doing, or you could actually get pretty in depth and have um, the action scenes be, be motivated with the story. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of wiggle room with action films. Um, as mentioned earlier, you, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. You get a lot of ideas or not a lot of ideas. You get a lot of assistance when and stuff, when it comes to like some of your friends, cause I know it's a lot of your friends are in like the same movies and stuff. Are any of your friends also going into like film or are they also kind of involved with that stuff? Uh, how did you kind of get to meet some of these guys that you've actually done a lot of work with? So I'll tell you my main group, I got four other buddies of mine who, who are there for me time and time again. I got uh, Yancey Mendoza, Max Osborne, uh, Matthew Alley, and then Shane Mendoza. And the four of them, we, we all met in high school. And let's see, I mean, it was really Matt and I met in film class and we just started partnering up and working together on movies. And then I think it was sophomore, junior year, uh, Matt and I met the, the other three and they were like, hey, we're interested in movies too. Uh, is there any way we can help? And so I was like, I need help with these, this 009 movie. And so they were there. And so now what, what those guys are doing is, let's see, Max and Matt are coming with me to Northridge, which I'm really excited about, CSU Northridge. We're all studying, uh, well, Matt, Matt and I are studying film. Max is gonna study journalism. And then Yancey and Shane are going to Pierce Community College and then transferring to some film school. Uh, I think that they also want to go to Northridge, but uh, yeah, we're all focused on making movies, getting into the film industry and just seeing what happens. That's awesome. Um, in, in, in relation to having more, you know, the people to do films with, do you find it easier or harder doing films with more people? Is it easier because you can kind of divide the workload or harder because things can maybe potentially go wrong, people messing up their lines or whatever the case may be. Do you find it easier or harder in this sense? So, I would say the smaller the cast uh, and just the, sim the, the more simple the movie is, the easier everything's going to be. Um, I'll say every movie I've done, there have al there's always been a problem. And you really just got to be able to you, – you have to adapt right then and there. Like you're on a, you're on a film shoot and it starts raining on you. You got to work with it because you're on a time crunch, whatever. You just got to roll with it. Uh, I will say – it was a lot of fun to direct, um, you know, in 009 Extinction, it was fun directing that many people. Uh, it was challenging, but, you know, 
I was the director. I was large and in charge. And, you know, I told everyone this has to get done and we did it. So it was nice that I, I was able to kind of build up to that big of a cast, mm -hmm. uh, starting with uh, seclusion, which where it was just me and then getting all the way up to what, like a 10 person cast almost, I think, mm -hmm. uh, plus crew. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause I watched the uh, bloopers of that too. I forget what, which uh, character it was, but he was trying to remember yeah. what all the double O's were for each people. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, a couple other questions on this front before, um, before we uh, kind of change topics. I want, I want to go back to the double O nine extinction, uh, and, uh, yeah, double O nine extinction for a second. What was the most difficult part about that compared to other films outside of the length of it? Probably the coordinating with everyone's schedule because, you know, there in the film you'll see there's like three main locations mm -hmm. and those – all of that were like separate film days. And I really had to keep things organized and make sure everything made sense with what was happening when it came to editing the film, the story of the film. So, yeah, coordinating everyone's schedule and just making sure it all, it all worked, you know, made sense. How long did it take to film that, would you say? It probably, I would say in total, uh, maybe a week, maybe like seven days of shooting. But those seven days were kind of spread out just because, you know, I was in the middle of, of school and everyone else was had jobs and was in school. And so, yeah, it's, it's wild. You know, it, it's really interesting when you think of like shooting schedules and stuff because you can spend like months on something really short, but you can also get something done long in a short amount of time. Like you mentioned, you're, that that film was thirty six minutes, and you got it done in a week. I mean, that's very impressive if you really think about it. I mean, I want to say um, it's because you mentioned Saw earlier. I think the first Saw, um, James Wan and them got done in like two or three weeks or something like that. It's just like, yeah. it's insane when you think about that. Cause like, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. We know you got to make sure that you got get, you know, everything right. Obviously multiple takes and stuff. And so yeah. I, it's really impressive. And it just shows like, you know, how hard the work is from everybody involved and how uh, really how much they're into it. You know, how much, especially on your end, because it's volunteer work, how much they're really into making the product as good as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any other movies outside of James Bond and Spider-Man you want to make and kind of put your own spin on in the future? So I would really like to take a crack at Fahrenheit 451, uh, the Ray Bradbury book. Um, I've only seen two movies uh, that have kind of recreated that book, and one was from the 1960s. And that one fell short for me because, you know, it didn't have the special effects it needed at that time. And then with the most recent one, I think it came out 2017 with Michael B. Jordan. It, the issue with that one is it seemed to kind of um, go too far away from the core story uh, with, with some other elements that really didn't make sense. So uh, personally, I'd love to take a crack at that. Um, what else? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do yeah James Bond spinoff movie Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Um, I have my own idea for a Batman Joker film. Okay, and I was gonna uh, ask about like villain related anything villain related. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely more of a Joker focused film, but Batman is a heavy element, heavier element than 
than was shown in the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, that one, that one's written to be rated R, which, which I thought is good for that those type of characters. Um, what else? Honestly, I, I am trying to stay more original nowadays, and kind of have my own, own mark in the film industry instead of just jumping off of somebody else's creation. Right. Yeah. Um, final question on the 009 extinction. Um, just like you, you mentioned, you, you have another one that's planned on being rated R. This one was like your first rated R film related to all your other movies that you've made. How difficult kind yeah. of was that? How, um, how different was that for you? Just it, it being, having something that was, you know, more R rated people, you know, cursing and stuff like that, all that. What was that kind of like for you? Explain your experience kind of doing a movie like that. It was so much more freeing because I yeah. think 009 extinction was like the first movie that I made outside of high school. So there was no, there were no rules really. Um, so I could cuss, I could have as much violence as I wanted. Um, it could be a little bit more um, inappropriate, I could say a little bit more romance. Um, so yeah, I just kind of went with whatever I thought of. And, and because of that, knowing that this was my first rated R film, I did my very best to make it clear to my fans, uh, my viewers who watch on movies and put a little a, a clip at the beginning and end saying like, hey, this is not a normal on movie. Uh, so just be, be aware of that. This is a hard R. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not kid friendly. It's yeah, it's it's adult. And uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm proud of it. That's great. Well, I want to switch gears here for a second and get to another issue or another topic. Uh, oh, what is that? Oh, it is time for the fireball, everybody. All right. So anybody who has watched the show before if, um, should know how this works. So basically, this is the part of the show where I quiz my guests basically on the knowledge related to the topic that they may be on for. So um, this week, um, I have got uh, eight questions here. Um, Alex, if you get five of these right in 90 seconds, you get to go in the fireball hall of fame. You get to join Nerve from last week, Abby Fangold, and Jack Soltz. So I got eight questions here. Got to get five right in 90 seconds. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Let me get the stopwatch out. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. In three, two, uh, before I get going, the first couple, I think you're going to get this. The first couple are kind of layups in my opinion. Um, okay. After that, it gets a little harder, so we're gonna we're gonna go into it a little easy and nice. So here we go: three, okay. two, one, go. Which popular superhero does Ryan Ryan Reynolds star as? Deadpool. Correct. Before John Krasinski started having success as a director, which character did he start as in The Office? Jim. I'll, I'll give it to you, Jim Halpert. Jim Halpert. Uh, while many may know Keanu Reeves for his work in the John Wick movies, he gained stardom playing as the character Neo in which sci-fi series? The Matrix. Correct. Um, in The Dark Knight, the Joker rigs these modes of transport with explosives, promising to let one live if the passengers blow up the other. Boats. Oh, fairies, I'll give it to you. That's good. Okay, fairies, sorry. <laughs> Who plays as Peter Graham in Hereditary? Peter Graham in uh, is that Wolf? Uh, okay. Dude, he got five out of five. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> Great job, man. That's awesome. Okay, thank you. 
I, I might as well ask the others ones here without time restrictions, see if you would have got them. All right, so I'll go through the others. Might as well see if you got them. Sure. Uh, Henry Cavill is not only Superman. He is also this fictional detective whose address is 221B Baker Street. Oh, Sherlock Holmes. Correct. Yep. Um, what year was Ferris Bueller's Day Off released? I'll, I'll allow one year off on either end. Uh, 1986. Oh my God, he got it on the top. Bad. He got it literally right on it. You nailed it. Wow. I got one more eight for eight. I got to have to do like a super fireball hall of fame. Which sci fi horror whose prequel was released in 2011 stars Kurt Russell? The thing. Oh my God, he went eight of eight, folks. Eight of eight. Awesome job, man. Thank you. I don't think anybody smashed it that much so far. I got to start making these harder. Cool. <laughs> Great job, sir. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get back into this here. So I want to now go into some of your future plans. So obviously, you're going to be going to school at CSU Northridge for film. What made yes. you choose that school, school over uh, others? So I heard uh, – I actually have a friend who went to CSU Northridge – and uh, looked into the film program, and I heard that it was just, it was a good film program. It was, it, it's impacted. And I heard that they had a, pro, a film program, film majors that would really help you get into the industry. And so that, that was enough for me. And, uh, you know, Northridge, it's, it's, I personally like the area. The campus is really nice. And uh, I, I thought it was a good college that was close to other film studios. It's, it's right next to Burbank. It's near Glendale. And uh, so I thought Northridge was just a good fit. Yeah, and you know, even though it's it's a big cluster down there, you're not right in the heart of L.A. You're a little yeah. bit outside of it there, too, which is yeah. really nice. Um, and, and plus, you mentioned you have some others that are going there, um, too. Yeah. Um, I want to change gears here for a sec as well. Do you find YouTube, because obviously you post a lot of your stuff on your YouTube channel, do you find YouTube as a good avenue to kind of market your content? What would you say to someone who wants to create and post films on YouTube or videos in general? So, yeah, I'd say YouTube is a, is a great uh, place to post and promote your content. Um, as far as promoting goes, I, I use more social media. That's kind of where, where I go to market things. And as far as somebody just getting into making independent films, I mean, the biggest thing is just do it. It's, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. Your first film project, whatever, it's going to come out really bad. I, I know I have my film. I have my cup, a couple of films that are just really bad, but I mean, I learned something from every one of them. So the main thing is you just got to do it. Um, you may have mentioned this a little bit earlier too, but what is the favorite movie that you have personally made and why? So it, it goes back to The Hunting Tomorrow. And I really like that one because first off, I got to be behind the camera for pretty much the whole film. I cameoed in the beginning, but that was it. And so I felt like that film, I had my hands on it the most. I was I was cinematographer. I, I storyboarded the entire thing. Um, my buddy Matt and I, we actually wrote that together and, and Matt did a great job acting in it. All the, all the actors did and, and it just, it felt good. And I, I thought being behind the camera was where I should be. And it just, yeah, it felt like a, a better quality film to me. So, so yeah, every, every shot in there that was, that was done and pre-planned. 
by myself and yeah, it felt really good to do. I, I hadn't really gotten to experience that as much because I was always in front of the camera for most of the movies. Uh, what film would you say was the most fun for you to create? And then which film would you say was the most difficult for you to create? The most fun would, oh, gosh, it would probably be, probably the very first 009. Okay. Because at that point, I still wasn't entirely sure what I was doing. So I just took airsoft guns and told my buddies, like, let's just pretend to shoot at each other. And that was kind of that. And then the most challenging one would probably be both the Spider-Man films. Because, you know, directing and having that mask on and just trying to move around is incredibly hard. Like I couldn't see the camera. I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to go back and look at the shots. So I really had to trust my cinematographer and then just doing any sort of movement, looking through uh, the eyepieces and then the, the spandex, it was, it was just not comfortable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So probably the Spider-Man movies were hard, the hardest because of the costume. How long would you say it took you to really learn how to do like, advanced like video editing because there's a lot of stuff you do when it comes to effects in your movies um yeah. you know some of that stuff obviously i'm not sure of all of it but i know some of that stuff you could do through like indesign um you know you can even photoshop some stuff in there but yeah. you, you have a lot of stuff that you know is it, it looks you know really advanced when you're you know uh when you're you know you're watching it how long would you say it took you to really kind of learn a lot of those advanced skills um years I mean, I, I just kind of learn a new thing every year and see if I can apply that to the film I'm currently working on. And on, honestly, like, I could really – I need to improve my special effects still. Like, I haven't learned um, – like, I'm not a master at it at all. Like, it still needs work. Um, but, yeah, it, it took years to learn all that stuff, and then I still have years ahead of me to continue learning this. Um, really, a lot of it is just trickery. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams liked to think of himself as a magician for film, and that's that's all I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm tricking the audience into, into making things look legit and real when they're completely fake. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, you, do you do all of the editing for your films, or do you get some help from, like, your friends, or do you have you done it all for all of your films? So I think – I can confidently say I've done all the editing for all the films. Um, there might be one or two scenes out there that I had. My only editor that would have worked on it on any of the films would be Matt. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I'd probably say 90%. Yeah. I, I did all the editing. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. that's great. That's a great skill, and that's great on a resume to have all that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't remember what what is the studio company called that you also have like somebody that also has its own YouTube channel. You star in some of the stuff, and then I also worked. It starts with a C. I can't think about the top of my head. What's it called so again? It's, it's called Clovervine Studios, and that oh, is oh, Matthew right. Alley's uh, uh, like production studio. Okay, uh, he has his own films, and he's actually diving into some comedy videos. Yeah, uh, which are pretty funny. They're, I, I they're, love some of your Officer Rick stuff. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was some fun, weird stuff that he and I did together. Um, and then, you know, I got to mention, there's this new production studio called uh, Sim Productions. Okay. And that's Shane and Yancey's uh, film production studio. 
they're still getting the ball rolling for that, but I know they're working on some really weird um, horror type of movies, and uh, they're very much into like Lovecraft type of films. Um, and I they they've I've worked with them, and they've really helped me a lot with uh, the movies. Is it just like S S I M Productions S I M? Yeah, S Y M. S Y M. Okay, cool. S Y M Productions. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I do you have anything that you're working on currently right now? What are your plans for the future in terms of uh, any films that you may have in the works right now? So there's a bunch of stuff in the works. Um, I have like I think like two or three scripts. Oh, actually, oh geez. Okay, maybe four or five scripts that are good to go. They're done. They just need the resources. That's that's mm-hmm. what's holding me back right now. The resources and timing. Um, there is one film completely done that has not been released yet on YouTube, um, but the cast and crew has seen it. Um, and it, actually, it's called "It Becomes a Choice." Okay. And uh, this film is actually. I hope people notice this, but it has a new look to all movies. It's different. Um, I think uh, like off fans will really see the difference, but uh, it's more of a romantic, serious sci-fi type of film. Very simple. Um, it, it took one night of filming, uh, but it's just kind of sitting in the, uh, the unpublished part of my YouTube channel. Um, and I was thinking of releasing it sometime in November. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. That's great to know. Looking forward to seeing that and a lot out of your work. Um, what are some hobbies or things that you like to do outside of making movies? Um, I know actually before you answer, um, well, I don't know if you remember this long ago, me and you used to be golfers. We used to play golf quite a bit. I know that you were on your high school team and we used to play a little tournaments out of diamond Oaks and stuff. I don't know if you still get out to play or what are, what are some other things you like to do in your free time and stuff? Um, so I, I really enjoy going to the gym. I love playing badminton. It's a weird thing, but what? Wait, I'm sorry, what was it playing? Bad, badminton. Oh, badminton. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what else? Um, I do a lot of writing, uh, but you know it's movie related. Uh, what else do I like to do? Um, you know, I, I read comics. I like reading like uh, self improvement books. Um, what else? <laughs> I really enjoy swimming. Swimming's a lot of fun for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that enough hobbies? That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I, I don't even get to go to go, get out to go play golf as much as I used to. I just I found that interesting because I was like, as I was preparing for the week's play, I'm like, oh yeah, we used to play golf together. What the heck? Yeah, we yeah. were out of the yeah. all the time. So. It's been a while for me too, honestly. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would like to add about making films or just movies in general? Um. Probably the main thing I always emphasize is you just got to get that one film out. Um, and remember, that's going to be the really that's going to be the worst film that you make. Uh, but as soon as you get over that, you'll learn a lot of stuff from that one film, and you got to take what you've learned and apply it to the next film, and then just kind of keep doing that as you go. Um, you got to get you got to get comfortable with criticism. And you got to make it public. You got to make it public the the crap that you're producing and putting on YouTube or just out there. Um, yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's it's sucky, but you know, I mean, it's the only way to really get the ball rolling. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And I, th I think that's a great, uh, I think that's great advice for anybody who's making videos in general when it comes to even vlogging or whatever the case may be, or really yeah. a lot yeah. of stuff that you do is, you know, just do first off, you know, go out and play your first round, go out and shoot your first shot, whatever, you Absolutely. know, it's going to start that and you know, you keep working on it. It's obviously going to get better. So yeah, that's a great piece of advice. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on, man. This has been a great conversation and it's, it's yeah. really been great to talk to you, to you about your work and I'm really looking forward to seeing what you got going forward. And I know that, you know, you're hoping, Hopefully you have a great time at Northridge. Hopefully uh, the money aspect doesn't kill you, <laughs> but um, uh, that should be an awesome time down there, man. And I, I'm really happy for you and hopefully everything goes well. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. I, I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Yeah. Of course, man. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing your work and uh, have a safe trip down and, you know, best wishes. Okay. Thanks, Aaron. Of course. All right. Take care, man. All right. I'll see you. All right, so that was Alex Winters, everybody. Um, it was great to have him on and uh, learn about everything when it came to the filmmaking process and how everything's kind of gone with him. Um, really had a great conversation. Enjoyed that a lot. Um, this will be up on my Spotify, um, just like the last few podcasts, uh, within the, the remainder of the night, I would hope to say. If not, it should be up by morning um, on my Spotify, so you can listen to it on there and then obviously watch it again on this YouTube channel. Um, as I mentioned the beginning of the uh, broadcast, for anybody who may uh, just be tuning in or anybody who may just be uh, listening, uh, we are possibly going to be taking a week off next week. I have to figure out a couple things. I'm going to try to get on uh, one of the Lincoln coaches, uh, whether that be at 12 Bridges or Lincoln High School, talk to them about their you know process of transitioning into their new roles. Um, so I'll be working on that. And then I do have uh, potentially somebody who is uh, – doing stuff right now for theater um, and going to be talking to him about a lot about stuff when it related to theater. His name is actually Alex as well. Um, so that's kind of an idea of what the next few podcasts are going to be. I have roughly about three to four more uh, planned out, but I may be taking a week off. So I just want to let everybody know that. Um, before we go though, um, I wanted to go ahead and have this segment at the end of the show. I know I usually have it during the show and uh, that is my half and half segment. So uh, as everybody knows, every week I have one good news story and then one weird or quirky news story. So I figure let's go ahead and show you guys what we got going on this week. So let me go ahead and pull them up here for you guys. Um, we're going to start with the good one as usual. So let's go share screen. Perfect. All right. So this is a, a great news story right here. His son was kidnapped as a toddler 24 years ago. DNA testing just found him. Thanks to DNA tracing and a father's devotion, one man in China was reunited with his son after 24 years. When Guo Gangtang's son was just two, he was kidnapped by human traffickers outside of their home in the province of Shandong, China. And there you can see a picture of him with his dad. And I think that's his mom as well. And it's just such a, that's just a great moment. In 1997, when his son was taken, the suspects planned to kidnap and sell the child for money. China's Ministry of Public Security said the police were able to trace his son's identity and find him through DNA testing. Global Times reported two suspects who were dating at the time planned to kidnap the child and sell him. The female suspect uh, took the son while he was playing outside of his home. Then the son was sold in a neighboring province called Hainan. Uh, so anyways, I mean, there's more to the story, but it's just a great moment to see parents reunited with their son after such a long period of time. Um, I could I could only imagine how that would feel. Um, and it, it, this picture, if you're if you're listening on Spotify, my words don't do it justice. You got to wa watch this part on YouTube. This photo right here, just it, it's it's amazing. A photo can tell a thousand words. It's this photo right here for sure. Um, so uh, that is uh, that story. Now let's go ahead and bring up the uh 
quirky or funny news story of the week. And I, I this was like the first story I pulled up that I found interesting on this front. And uh, and I was like, oh, I'm sold. This is great. So woman accidentally buys identical lottery tickets, splits jackpot with herself. Can you get any more lucky than that? A North Carolina woman accidentally purchased two tickets for the same lottery drawing and ended up splitting a $305,000 jackpot with herself. Because, of course, um, I can't win more than $20 on stuff, but, of course, she wins this. Um, Susan Gray of Statesville told North Carolina education lottery officials she meant to purchase tickets for two separate Carolina Cash 5 drawings when she stopped at the Kangaroo Express store in Statesville. But she mistakenly bought two identical tickets for the same Saturday drawing. I thought it was a different draw, Gray said. It was really an accident that I played both. I was really shocked. I couldn't believe it. She won the entire jackpot for the Saturday drawing as she held the only two winning tickets. She said both tickets bore the set of numbers she always uses for the cash five tickets. Those are the numbers I've been using for years. She said my birthday. So that's uh, that, that's great. Uh, it's a good news story too. It's just a really funny story as well. Um, and uh, you know, I, I guess if you're playing the lottery, there's two different ways you can go about it. You can go about it and uh, um, on the, uh, am I going to play the same numbers every time? Am I going to do random numbers? I don't play the lottery. Um, but uh, that's uh that's just so weird and interesting right there. I had to share that. So anyways, that's going to go ahead and do it for this week's show um, of the Epicenter. Um, I know this is a little bit shorter than usual, but I uh, wanted to have one a little bit shorter for you guys. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was great to have Alex on. Um, so thank uh, thank you, Alex, for being on this week's show. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks' shows we have as well. Um, stay tuned on my A2Jack Instagram channel, um, also on my uh, Aaron Jackson Facebook page uh, to stay updated with the podcast, what we're going to have going on next week and the next few weeks. Um, but until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend and next week. Uh, take care, stay safe. Peace out.